It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. everybody and happy new moon to you this is mark husson and this is the morning show which is divided between two uh, me and ca so my under the umbrella of the morning show is the, the one too many voices show which i like to uh present panels of similar ideologies or, or things mostly related to astrology today we have a panel that is going to talk about being a cancer but before we get into all that hi welcome I hope you're enjoying the new moon. And if you're new to Once Radio, get over to onetoradio.com and look in the left-hand side for the word that says chat. And when you see that and click it, you'll be brought over to what we call our chat room, which is really just a free gift from Facebook, a private room that we have uh, where we can talk and not be so self-conscious because nothing you post here will show up on your timeline. So I'm going over there now to meet you and i am at one two radio now i'm hitting chat when i click chat i am brought over to the friday room and now if you're new scott you can just knock on the door it'll show you how and scott will let you in unless he doesn't like you and that's rare we think scott likes everybody um so you'll see the morning show banner when you click the comments on the bottom right you'll see kai hi kai and the cancer lady she's like saying hi to everybody with some loving hi katie <laughs> you you <laughs> just appear everywhere hey mercy sharon good to see you thank you all for coming in i know the room will start filling up hi ivy let's um let's uh go over some of the general things today today at one two listen.com we lower the rates significantly to give you guys an opportunity to use the new moon energy to get some insight and who are you getting insight from some of the most incredible minds on the planet personal opinion and i actually think it's not a, a prejudicial one uh these people are highly trained they are they go through the gauntlet to be a part of us and they make themselves available for you every single day and so use these sale days as a chance to just go peek in one two listen.com uh give it a whirl we're we're behind you 100 percent. we we talk almost every week by phone so these aren't strangers to each other then check out their bio pages and look at some of the specials they might be offering you it's really a good opportunity to crack open that mystery known as one to listen.com because i know it's daunting for a lot of you so this is an opportunity not to let it be we're right beside you we're right behind you and i promise you if there's ever a problem we are there to put it out especially if it's a fire okay uh today is uh june let's see we are june 23rd and if you're listening live it's just a little after 8 a.m pacific time and boy the energy is just rolling now new moons are very powerful because what happens on a new moon is the moon gets to its darkest point where it's losing light all the way up into the moment of the new moon. Now, the new moon exactly hits tonight at 7.31 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, that means that up until that point, you're still releasing some light. 
Okay. And that can mean a metaphor for not being able to feel as perky or as bright as you could. Like there's a little bit of uh, a sense of sometimes a sense of worry, sometimes a sense of hopelessness, sometimes it's not that deep. And then at the moment of the new moon, the metaphor is we start to gain light and we start feeling better. We start hitting that reset button. So I encourage you today to hit the reset button this evening. But before you do that, release things that you don't feel good about. Release hurt, pain, anguish, obstacles to your peace. Release all of them. See them leaving you. See the fear leaving you. You know, fear is the biggest destructive thing. We're going to talk about that because I think cancers have a particular relationship to fear that I want to address. So let's jump in while you all are sort of getting your footing. And again, hi, Mo. Welcome. Good to see you in the room. Gracie, Ah, there's a lot of love happening in that room, you guys. I hope you all can come visit. Okay. Now, the panels uh, that I choose are based on people, A, that I know or happen to know their chart. And this panel is everyone here is born under the sign of cancer. Sometimes, some of them by the skin of their teeth uh, and some of them right in the heart of it. And we want to talk to them. And so if you have questions, you live with a cancer, you know a cancer, you, have, you are a cancer and you have questions about a certain behavior or a trait, you got four people here all born under that sign that are ready to answer those questions and just ex at least explore it with you. So let's dive right in because this hour is going to be on crack and fly by, right? Okay, so um, let's start off. I uh, I want to start with, um, you know, I, I don't know who's first, Jamie or Katie. So I'm going to start with Katie because Katie was on the line first. Katie Weaver came to us as part of the Psychic Sisters. They knocked on our door. I'm going to ask her how long, several years back. And I'm telling you, it was like almost instant love. We loved these guys. They were fearless. They were pioneers. They were right up there. They were funny. They did not take themselves too seriously, something we value so much in this industry, not to take what you do too so seriously that you have to hate people who don't think your way. Um, and so it was a love affair. And before you know it, they they basically run the company. I don't think there's a part of them, and I'm putting that in quotes, but there's not a part of this company that they have not put their heart and soul around. And Katie is essential to that. She has a show. She has many shows. One is the Psychic Sister Show and then the Katie Weaver Show. I think both of those happen on um, – Wait, one's Wednesday. No, one's Wednesday and one's Thursday. Let's we'll, we'll find out. Katie, come on in. How you doing? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, the Katie Weaver show on or on Wednesday, That's and right. then uh, Psychic Sisters on Thursday, and then One Two News on Monday. You do one two news. That's right. See you guys. That's what I'm saying. Katie comes. She and that all of that is nothing but a gift to the one two. I mean, this is all. I mean, yeah, we hope that she gets to showcase her talents, which is hard to miss. But she does that in support of us. So how do you not love that? So, Katie, thank you so much for being a part of this. It's so fun to have you here. And I appreciate you getting up early for it. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. And I, you know, I love every second of it. I know I do. I appreciate that so much. Our next, hey, Katie, how long have you been here with the uh, one two? Well, well, Psychic Sisters will have been with the one two for five years in September. I think I'll have been on one two listen for five years in October. So yeah, we're getting there. Wow. We're getting to five. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So our next guest. Uh, since the very beginning of her entrance into the one, two family, she has not stopped working. I'm not kidding. And I think that's a common theme you are going to see among all of us. She has a show 
that uh, let me see. Yeah, we kept it the Jamie Don show, I believe, and we'll talk to her about that too on Wednesday morning. She kicks uh, right after Monique. She comes in early about uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, I believe. And if you listen to her show, what you hear is a woman who has been studying since she could breathe. Uh, she has taken the uh, New Age world. She grows right in front of your face. She doesn't stop the uh, what she learns and bringing bringing it right to us, and she does it in an articulate and very loving way. And I'm really proud that she's on with us today. And would you please welcome Jamie Don? Jamie, thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be here. And yes, Wednesday mornings, 8 a.m., the Jamie Dawn Show. It morphed, Mark. I think you know I've been with uh, One Two for almost seven years, and it first started out as the New Dawn Show. And, That's uh, right. It's a new dawn. <laughs> it was a little confusing, I think, for some people because my last name is Dawn, so they would call me Dawn instead of Jamie. So That's it was easier right. just to go with the Jamie Dawn Show. I like that because it's instant branding and you're, and you have like, so that's seven years, right? You said just seven and a half? Almost seven years. Yeah. Six and a half years right now. That's pretty amazing. Well, I have to thank you for being so enduring and, and what I particularly like is watching you morph. I don't think you ever stay the same. We're going to see some of that in your chart and some of that chart action. So thanks again for coming on board. Um, I'm also very excited about the next guest because I think this is her debut on One Two Radio, even though it's not her debut in my life, which has been the many years. We go back way before One Two Radio when we had the brick and mortar store. I met Juran during those years, and I don't think, honestly, I had ever respected the art of clairvoyance the way I respected it when Juran tuned in uh here is somebody for the first time in my life who closed her eyes who saw a movie and it was like you can never tell anybody what you're seeing (laughs) because it was like what i was it was really i'm serious got the name of a book Joanne, i'm outing you so badly i she got the name of a book i was writing that (laughs) nobody knew i was writing i mean i was like so freaked out by the end of that reading that I had to make sure this little cancer was going to protect me. So please, if you would welcome, and then she's been with us ever since, and she's she's morphed also into a very dear friend. She's out here in Colorado with us, and um, I'm just so, I was so happy you said yes to be on the show. So if you would, please welcome Drew Ann Benson. Drew Ann, thank you. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> yes, so I waited. Good to have you. I waited for you. You're my first, and I'm so honored. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you so much for being a part of this. It's, and you sound so clear, and I so appreciate the effort to make it happen. So we're going to have some fun. Now, every one of my panelists is a cancer, and I'm a cancer. And I have their charts here. And out of respect, I usually don't put people's charts up online um, just because it's just too much to, sometimes, unless we were doing a class on it. But the reason I have their charts is because as we interview them and talk to them about their life as a cancer, we will um, see different nuances. And I want to be able to point those out as we talk because it's it's exciting. This is where astrology will will really um, take sh- shape for you. So again, if you have questions about Cancerian stuff, put it in the chat room. I'll try to keep an eye on it. And I know these guys will help me. Um, and I'm going to launch us off with the idea of cancer and, and then open the dialogue here. And Duran, I'm going to start with you. So, so just so I don't shock you. Um, the, <laughs> uh, so the sign of cancer is on the summer solstice. So when you hear that it is the summer solstice and it starts at this time, let's see, this time it started at 9:24 PM on the 20th, which makes it 12, 24 AM on the 21st. That's the moment that is the uh, longest day 
and the shortest night. That is also the very moment that the sign of cancer is born in this year. And that's why it changes every year by fluctuation because it's always on the solstice and the solstice changes. So on that moment, when if you were born between that and before it leaves in 30 days, you are the sun sign was uh, the sun was in the constellation of Cancer, and we'll talk about the the specifics of why that always isn't true, but it is metaphorically, and it imbues you with a certain characteristic. Now, any sign born on a solstice. That's there's two of them, Capricorn and Cancer, and any born on an equinox, which is um, uh, Libra and Aries, those guys are called cardinal signs. They carry the assertion and aggression of the element of the, that they're born into. So Cancer is born into the element of water, which means the ability to work emotion. Now that brings up the mythology and also the stereotypes. Cancers are considered to be highly manipulative. Um, they're also considered to be connected to the mother. So let's start very slowly. Drew Ann, when you read about cancers in typical textbooks and their nurturing ability, do you remember some of your early things that would indicate that you were being a nurturer? Like, did you, did you, did it start with dolls? Did it start with sisters, brothers? How did you know? It started with all of it. Dolls, my sister, my brother. I was highly protective of everybody. And yeah, dolls, definitely. I played the mother with the dolls. <laughs> I love it. And it was intense, right? It was real. It felt it, like those, they, it was an important, it wasn't just like old girl and her doll. They probably, what, did they have names and lives and fantasies? Oh my God. Yeah. They had names. I mean, Mrs. Beasley, did you see I that show? Sure Family, I affair. Family affair. Absolutely. Yes. Buffy and Jody, Mrs. Beasley. Yes. I was a little Buffy. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> oh my God. You know, what's funny, Drew Ann, I have a history with her. I got to meet her. She's, um, came to Charleston, West Virginia. She's Lebanese and she was, I was so starstruck and I got to be at a dinner table with her. She was young. And, you know, she ended up dying an overdose as a, as an adolescent. But and I know I, the only reason I'm connected so closely and here you are, you were her as a kid. I love that. <laughs> and so <laughs> were you, Drew Ann, in terms of birth order, are you oldest, middle, youngest? I'm middle child. You're the middle child. So did you, a lot of your, um, time with your play world, was it imaginary? I mean, did you have, spend a lot of time in the imagination world? Yeah, and I'm a 12th house son. It was all imagination. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> yes. we're going to get into the magic of cancer in that watery world. So let's go in this in this round table that I'm on. Jamie is to uh Drew-Ann's left. So Jamie, let's talk a little bit about childhood um imagination. Where the cancerian theme started showing up in your life? Was it similar to Drew-Ann's or did you have anything that sort of resembled um a nurturing sort of urge? Very, very similar to Duran. As a matter of fact, I had dolls and uh, stuffed animals. Teddy bears were always my favorite. But um, talking about always learning, I was always pretended I was a teacher. I would have a chalkboard and I would be drawing on the chalkboard. And everybody, if they misbehaved, had to eat, put on the chalkboard. And I had a notebook that I kept all the names of every doll and stuffed animal in this notebook. Oh my God, I love that. Did you give them report cards and everything? Yes. <laughs> I love so that. Cool. And my uh, mom always said she knew if I had a bad day because I'd yell at them. <laughs> that is amazing. Or, Were you only middle? Did you have siblings? Like, where did you fall I in the birth? I have an brother. I'm the second. So technically middle if I had another sibling. Yeah. But yeah, I'm the second child. So. Okay. And, and so, did, I think my temper. 
flared up because of always having to compete against my brother. I love that. Now, did you have, did you spend a lot of time alone, Jamie? I found, well, sometimes forced habit. I had to be alone because my parents on Sundays were like, it's nap time. I was like, but I'm not tired. But they would send me to my room. And so, of course, that's where my dolls would come to life and all my imaginary friends. And Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, And I have, this is going to remind me, after I talk to Katie, I want to talk to you all about memory. So let's do that. Katie, what, where did it show up? What's your birth order? So you kind of know the line of questioning and give us an example of sort of like, did, did the mothering instinct occur in your life at some point or did it look like mothering or nurturing that sort of cancerian nature? Sure. Uh, I'm in the middle. I'm the middle child, (laughs) the middle problem child. And I had, yeah, well, I, I did the doll thing too. In fact, my cabbage patch kid. Her name was Cynthia. She had green eyes and red hair, and I still have her. <laughs> and I adored her. I mothered the hell out of her. Uh, but also with animals, cats. I God, I can remember yeah. from the time I was tiny, cramming doll clothes on the cats and <laughs> putting the cats, putting the cats in the stroller and the baby swing. God, they probably hated living at our house. <laughs> but I, but always, and and then uh, taking care of animals we were that family that you know stray animals would find or that like I can remember having baby birds brought to our house that were had been knocked out of a nest and feeding them round the clock for for weeks you know feeding wow. them every every few hours for weeks to uh you know to feather them out and then and then we let them go and um the cats ate them <laughs> oh. were you into it the most Katie do you know or or was everybody oh, yeah. into it oh, we were, were taking it my mom was, she would never let anything suffer, you know? And so I, but, so she was very mothering that way too, but, oh yeah, I, but I've always, that's been my jam, but I also babysat a ton as a kid, babysat the neighbor kids. Yes, 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 yes. Well, yeah. And you'd start that early. Now, do you, oh, yeah. this is the, this is the memory question. Do you, what, how far back do you go in your memory? What's the earliest? Like what age? I would say probably three. I remember when Kara came home from the hospital. Okay. That's your first sort of conscious. That's one of the oldest. Yeah. Okay. Jamie, what's one of your oldest or not? You don't have to be specific, but the oldest, the, how old were you to how far back do you go? My dad's a cancer son as well. So he and I can reminisce really far back when I, and I actually have a memory of when I was 18 months old. I love it. Okay. <laughs> That's excellent. 18 months. You were in the crib or no? Were you in a crib at 18 I was months? Cra- I was actually crawling in the middle of the street. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. And my dad so found me fun. when he was out running. And, uh, and, of course, you know, I didn't get in trouble, but it was – that's when I was taught don't play in the street with cars. Wow. And you remember it? I do. I remember I sitting it. there and just thinking there was no problem with it and, of course, the panic on my parents' face. <laughs> I love it. That's an excellent boy. Duran, early memory? What age? Yes, and I was in the crib, I don't know, maybe uh, 18 months because my brother was um, 13, 13 months younger than me. And my earliest memory, or we had two cribs, foot to head, bumped up to each other. And I remember putting my hand through the crib bars and tickling him. And it's my most favorite no. memory. And oh. I flashed on that this morning. I was like, he's going to talk about that early memory. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's so and good. I was, 
Yeah. I remember my brother being joyful. I rem- it, it, even today, it makes me tickled. It's full of joy. It's my favorite memory of all time. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. That's so good to have. See, and there, I'm, I'm like the record keeper in my family. I, I remember everything, but I do remember crib memories. And I remember once in kindergarten, cause I also hated taking the naps. And so they said, does anybody want to go up in the cribs? And I remember the serenity looking at the cow jumping over the moon mobile above me, remembering I never want to leave this place. I loved it so much. Just the, the, not the nursery, the crib. I loved it. I knew that. And even in my little subconscious mind, I knew I'm going to be trouble growing up with this shit, liking it too much. Okay, um, but I didn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> or maybe I did. Okay, um, now, cancers have an inherent relationship to their mothers, um, for good or bad. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Duran, since we're on you, we're going to go back around. Uh, can we, t- can we talk about like attachment early on to mom? Did you notice it? Did you have it? Uh, has it ever been bad all the way? Has it ever been good all the way? I mean, do you recognize for better or for worse that attachment? Oh my God. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to what you just said in terms of the memory keeper, yeah. the history keeper, yeah. because uh, I've worked on my relationship with my mother hard. I mean, put a lot of effort into it. And uh, one year I gave her as a Mother's Day gift um, a memory. I just wrote down every memory I had of her that was positive. And I, it went for two or three pages. And she she's kept it to this day. She was like, Aww. oh, my God, I can't remember. I can't believe you remembered it. And she's like, I read it and I read it to my friends. I read it to my family. And she bawled and bawled and bawled. But for me, just it just spontaneously came up. And I just started listing all the cool things she did for me as as a child. How old but were you? No, oh, this has been recent, like the past oh, 10 years. Recent. Oh, I got gotcha. you. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, after I went to India, I worked on it. But um, we've... <clears throat> no, we've had a push-pull, love-hate <laughs> relationship. <laughs> wasn't neutral, right? If it was anything, it wasn't neutral. <laughs> it was never neutral. <laughs> that is so good. Okay, that's – see, I love this. Jamie, let's talk about you and mom. Um, your – like, how would you co- – what in what context would you put it in? Do you remember early relationship to mom, later relationship to mom? How right. How did it unfold? Yeah. I remember my mom at a very early age and, and us always, we were actually thick as thieves, partners in crime. She was, I considered her my best friend growing up. Um, we got into trouble together <laughs> and that had to be squashed. Um, she actually helped me sneak out and see a boy. And my father was not too thrilled about that. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, she and she and I would laugh and she would make me breakfast every morning. And I was a grumpy, grumpy kid. And she knew she'd run upstairs and she would go, Jamie, at seven o'clock, get up. And I would. And But if she tried to entertain me and talk to me, I'd be like, go away. And she loved me anyways. But she knew, always feed me. The best way to my heart is through my stomach. Mm, God, we're <laughs> going to talk about that. Well, so you did it never change? It, it stayed good throughout your life? Well, you know what? Mom and I, because of my own um, path, if you will, around my parents are very religious and all that. They had a hard time accepting the work that I'm doing and embracing it and advertising it now. You know, I'm yeah. no longer a closet psychic. So <laughs> it made it hard for them for a while. But now mom and I get along famously and she actually knows how to text. I'm like, this is great. Somebody oh, in her generation. Oh, she is a texting yeah. fiend. 
But if I ever want to laugh and just be lighthearted, it's my mom I go to. Wow. That is really good. Okay. That's a good cancer mom story. I love that. Katie, mama, and you? Oh, yeah. My mom was, she was my best friend. And we had a ball together. She was a lot of fun as well. Really gutsy and ballsy. She would do anything, say anything. Mm. She would scare the crap out of me in public places because she'd drive anywhere. She'd park anywhere. <clears throat> if she got pulled over, she had no problem telling a cop, right, what she thought. I mean, she just. That's where she you had, get it from. Oh, my goodness. Oh, she's so much more than me. She was the bravest <laughs> person I have ever met. But we had a ball. Now, she would keep my feet in the fire, though, constantly. <clears throat> I mean. If I didn't go to parent-teacher conference or if my kid didn't have a sweater on or, you know, she she had no problem, you know, keeping my feet in the fire. But even like with this work, when we had our store, she was really involved with that for a long time. And she was? I, oh, yeah. She, and she taught classes there and she'd send me an email. I'd get emails from her frequently. I haven't seen a newsletter in a while or or I would send wow. a newsletter. And she'd email me with a, with a correction. She was a teacher. And so she, oh uh, oh yeah, she was a powerhouse and kept my feet and Christy kept us all in the fire always to, to do your best with absolutely everything. And, you know, I, I grew up in a house that if you got an A minus, she wanted to know why it wasn't an A, you know, there was no tolerance for half-assing every, anything, everything had to be, you know, done, done well. She expected it. And, she went to college when I was in junior high and high school. She went to college and got her degree uh, in teaching, and she was a special ed teacher. And she, of course, was a straight-A student on the dean's list, you know, and so she figured if she could do it, so could we. And there was just, you you had to do, you had to toe the line, boy. But uh, Would you say that you were closest to her, Katie, not to, as if if we were having a private talk, nobody was listening. Would you think that you had the, the closest relationship of the oh, kids, yeah. or would you did? Okay. Just curious. I, I don't think that anybody would dispute that. I lived across the street from her. We, okay. when I first got married, we moved to a town like a, an hour and a half away from my folks. We lived there for all of two weeks and I was so miserable and homesick that we moved home and bought a house across the street from my parents and lived there until their deaths. Yeah. And, and saw them every day. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's really good. Okay. I love that. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's any dispute. I mean, I had I have a personal love hate relationship, or had one. She was my best friend. She was we would make each other laugh, and I was the only one that could sa- settle her savage beast down. But she, we did partners in crime too. She had me like bad crime. Like she had me go change price tags while she hid me when I was little. She's oh like, switch that price tag. I know. <laughs> I made no bones about my mother was brave, and she's just like, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> so said, whatever. Okay, let's go. She also. Also had um, a terrible jealousy of I couldn't have any friends. I mean, it, I mean, it just I could have friends, but they no one was allowed to come over. And in college, if I no matter what my situation was, I had to really I had to go when I was in counseling. The first thing this psychiatrist, no psychologist, had me do was tell my mother you can't call more than twice a day. Because he asked me how many times she called me. <laughs> I was like, oh, well. <laughs> and so really, it was a terror. Like, the, I'm a classic in that sense. The, the I was a classic mother's boy. And I didn't know. And I knew that the relatives were not really happy with it either. Because I just, it was just not, she just took charge, right? It was just, that was hers. Okay. Um, let's talk about food. 
Mark, can uh, I just interject real quick? I'm yes. so happy that you mentioned being a mama's boy because I was so criticized with my son. I mother him like there's no tomorrow, even at 21 years old. And he's <laughs> six foot one, muscly. You know, he's going to graduate from the police academy next week, and he is still my baby boy. That's right, right? I know. And he's just going to have to deal with it. There's nothing that's that right. you can do about it, right? And, and so that's, that's what right. I tell people that when I go to college, they're like, your mother calls a lot. I'm like, I just live with it. I can't, what can I do? <laughs> I went to, and I did, I confronted her. I said, mom, I, would you please quit calling so much? We have to do, I was trying to be nice. I mean, everything was dependent on them, even though I went to work at an early age. And we're going to talk about work ethics. Um, and so she, she didn't speak to me for a month. I mean, she got so mad. <laughs> Like it was, I mean, then I went into therapy for that. It was horrible. But anyway, as we move on, uh, one thing I notice uh, as an adult now, um, that an adult who has, who wants to be conscious of the food he eats, that when I get crazy, hungry, or nervous, or nervous, I run to the kitchen. I just, it is my go to place. In fact, I, I have a counselor that I work with on food, and um, I tell her, I said, look, there's no way I'm going to go through this thing and not eat. So we need to redo this whole diet plan because I am not going to be suffering through this because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to do it unconsciously, so I might as well set it up. So can we talk, Katie, What what's your relationship to food? Do you, do you notice eating as a comfort for a cancer? Oh, you? without – yeah, without question. And okay. cooking comfort things, familiar things like – I, I still make things that were my grandma's recipes, my mom's recipes, because they're comfort. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, okay, good. And, and do you cook? Oh, yeah, I love to cook. Uh, yeah, I went to college in uh, home economics education because I love to cook. And mm. and so, yeah, um, it's a fight in our kitchen, actually, because Scott is the cook as well. And so um, <laughs> we take turns <laughs> we take turns making dinner, and our kids always uh, have an opinion about who makes it better. You know, I love it. That is so good. I I love that Scott loves to cook. I I just it never would have occurred to me. I know he. Did, I can tell you now with the Aries moon, he does not like cleaning up. No, he, he's that's a right. great uh, mess maker. <laughs> no, he's an excellent. <laughs> See, actually, that's excellent. yeah, I love it. That's so good. Uh, Jamie, your relationship to food? Is I there eat one? my feelings. Yeah, right? <laughs> I totally eat my feelings. There is, if I feel great, then I'm eating really healthy, high vibrational foods. And if I feel crappy, I need chocolate. I need fried, uh, fried oysters. Can you tell I'm Southern? Mm. But, oh, there's something so, why, why does fried food have to be so bad? But anyways, it's so comforting. And, um, so and you I run for comfort food, right? You actually do it. You, cause you, you guys are, I mean, I, I see you all as very disciplined, but you run, you can actually find yourself. Do you ever find yourself eating and forget, not even knowing that you're doing it? No, but my husband does. He's a cancer son too. And he definitely just eats mindlessly. So we have yeah. a difference there. I have too much, as you know, you have my chart. I have too much Saturn in me to, yes, you do. <laughs> to let myself go that much. My daughter, my daughter <laughs> There's this place in town that, that does donuts and they, oh, they're Dear delicious. God. Anyway. I know it's dangerous. <laughs> I know that's great, Joanne. What's your relationship to food in terms of comfort or not or whatever? Well, uh, I definitely turn to uh, comfort, sugar, and carbs. I love to bake. I mean, I'll cook, and I and I'm good at cooking. I 
don't really enjoy it as much as I love to bake. And my grandmother was a phenomenal chef. She was actually, she ran, you know, restaurants. And I remember her food as extremely nurturing. Oh, oh yeah. I love that you, I, I, are you all hearing the background noise or that noise, that little extra noise? It's just me. Yeah. Katie, mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's an early birthday party. Oh, that's cute. It comes through every other word though as it, as it mutes out. Hey, um, so my grandmother, the same thing, excellent gourmet cook. Um, it made me almost snobby to food of that, of Lebanese food, particularly she was a phenomenal cook and yet I could not go over there and not eat. I just, it, the food thing is, will always be one of those things that just, one thing I didn't get, Duran, do you ever find yourself eating unconsciously? Cause Jamie doesn't. Katie does. I do. Do you? I will down a bag of potato chips in two seconds flat. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I'm so glad. And, and, and have you, I'll do that. I know John will come up and say, where are those chips? And all of a sudden it comes to me. Oh shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, listen, let me help you look. And then I have to delay, get up the nerve to say, okay, I ate them. All right. That's well, funny. I thought gluten-free would get me off that, but now they make the phenomenal gluten-free cookies yeah. and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know that little thing where you're like, oh, I, it, I'm gluten free. I'll lose a ton of weight, and then you're eating brownies. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Let me put a shameless plug in for Halo Top. If you haven't discovered that, it's dangerous. What is it? It's ice cream that has. Uh, you can eat the entire pint for only 250 calories, 20 grams of protein, and the only sugar they use is from fruits and plants. <laughs> is it good? Wow. Dangerous or delicious. Now, see, I don't do dairy either, but we, I work on television commercials and we now do coconut milk vendors. So coconut milk ice cream. Oh yeah. I can down it in two seconds flat. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. I could eat all that stuff seriously, but okay. Are you, I'm like more of a carb guy, like for breads and salty things. You know what's oh, yeah. funny? Okay. That's good to know. That's like that real comfort food. Okay. Um, Okay, so cancers have this thing. When you look at a crab and a crab moves not direct, it moves from side to side, giving us the reputation of having a very difficult time being direct of what we want, especially when we want something. Uh, and then remind me, one of the topics I want to bring up too is money, um, because cancers get the reputation of being extremely good with money too, by the way, uh, because of a hoarding ability. So I want to get into all that. Now, do you find it, and we'll, Duran, we're with you, do you find that when you want something, is it tough to be, and it may not be, but is it tough to be really direct, like just a simple short, this is what I want? Or do you find yourself sort of warming up to the topic? It's very tough. And uh, my my mom's Pluto is on my son. And I direct now everything back to that, where uh, there was a consequence for sharing what I wanted. So I'm really reticent to do it. And it's a big learning curve right now. Do you have an art to it? Like when, do you watch yourself sort of like, okay, how am I going to, like, let's say you want, I don't know what it might be. Let's say you want, let's just sample. You want to go to a movie with your sister, but you know that she's whatever. She got other plans or I don't know what it might be, but what do you do to inch into the topic? Is it, do you first get them engaged in something and then sort of like somehow, I mean, is there an art to it that you have? 
Well, it's a big learning curve because it does. I don't recognize what I want, Mars yes. in Virgo. I don't recognize what I want until I don't get it, and then I'm, and then it dawns on me that I wanted it, only because of uh, seeing it not happen. It's a real challenge. I love it. That's good. Okay, so you're uh, almost hiding your own desires from yourself. It does not occur to me. Oh, that's amazing. I, I have, yeah, that 12th house sun, I have a hard time with self. I can, you know, sense it in others. But, yeah, I have a hard time. Jamie, um, what about your ability to be very direct? It's taken a lot of practice. I used to think that I was direct, because, but I was just putting feelers out there because I was so afraid to get hurt, and I didn't want to be rejected. So I had a, had to learn over time to be more direct because it made people feel like they couldn't trust me. And that was hard. Wow. So and that even helped now, me having that Saturn. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, even now it's, it takes, I have to check in with myself to go, am I really telling people what I think and feel and being and owning it? That's hard. So mm-hmm. I struggle with that a lot. That's interesting. Very good. God, there's so many topics to unplug here because a lot of that ties into, um, then how do we uh, how do we get there? And a lot of people would say we get there by affecting the mood. If we don't get what we want, people get punished. We're going to talk about that. Okay, Katie, unmute yourself and let's talk about uh, that whole how do you how do you go after what you want? Are you really direct? And you have Pluto on your ascendant, so you might be. But are do you notice it in yourself, or do you take a minute to go around to ask what you want? I can be very direct if I can do it for myself. If if it's something I want that I can do for myself, that's no problem. I'll go for that. Like okay, wait a minute. Like for give me an example of what that would be. Like Like go ahead. Like many times I have done things like replace light fixtures myself. You know, without having Scott do it, without you know, like if I want to do it and I can do it myself, I have no problem just going for it. But if I have to ask someone else to do something for me, like like my birthday because you can't do it, then you feel too dependent. Yeah. Yeah, and then I don't want to ask, and yeah, I'm sure Scott's laughing, going, "Yeah, right." She tells me what to do all the time, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she only tells you what to do on things that she can do. Because if you say right. no and she can't do it, you have control. I get it. That makes sense. Yeah, and, now, and like this year for my birthday, I've been ridiculous. Everyone's been asking me, "What do you want for your birthday?" I don't have any. Just tomorrow, by the way, do you have a big yeah. gift list so the world can go to Amazon and get your wish list, right? I, I've done that in the past. That's how Christmas worked out this year, which I'm sure Scott really appreciated. But yeah, it, I, I'm the same way though. Yeah, I really struggle with it. I don't know. I don't know what to say when people ask me what I want or, you know, put me on the spot like that. That's tough. Yeah, it is. I get that. Now, do you, when people, what do you do about the whole, are you moody and do you notice yourself being moody? I have two questions. This is a twofold question for everybody. The whole mood thing and, what happens when you don't, when someone hurts your feelings? I want to know what you notice happens to you. And, and I can tell you this for me, I don't like what happens and I don't like what I do, but it happens. So Katie, when someone, your feelings are hurt now and it's, they're not, it's not a light hurt. You've been hurt. It's like, God, um, what do you do? And let's say it's even one of the kids that hurt your feelings. What, what do you notice in yourself? Can we talk a little bit about hurt feelings? Yeah. I, I'll usually go silent for a while, you know, and sometimes I'll justify, you know, why I, I'm hurt. But a lot of times I'll just go silent for a while. But essentially, I'll always be the guy that fixes it. 
But you're because painfully so, silent where there's like, uh, they, they want to talk to you and you're just sort of like not really engaging in the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. So I, they know I they're the being punished, right? That way. Yeah, for sure. But then at the end of the day, I'll always be the one that fixes it because I also, the empathy in me cannot handle having that kind of energy between another person. And so mm-hmm. I'll also be the first guy to apologize. Even if I really don't think I'm wrong, I'll apologize. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to feel that. I hate carrying that. I can't do it. Okay. That's good to know. And you have Mercury. Your Mercury is in Gemini. So the connection is very important. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. You can mute, uh, <laughs> Jamie. Uh, what is the, um, let's talk about the mood thing. How do you deal with hurt feelings? What do you notice? What do you like, not like, you know, talk a little bit about that if you would. So if I'm really deeply hurt, my passive aggressive comes out. So I get to a point where um, I go quiet like Katie does, but then I get really snarky. So let's say my husband hurts my feelings. He'll ask me a question and I'll just be like, well, you should know. <laughs> and, and then I get condescending. Never done that. That's what, no, yes, I. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, but he's very sweet. He rarely ever, you know, makes me mad unless I'm moody because I can be so moody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and you know, I think it's through um, understanding ourselves, and the more we get to know ourselves, we're going, yeah, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm in one of those moods. But it, it took a long time for people in my life to accept the fact of they could feel and they could sense because I wear my feelings on my face and on my sleeve, they could sense something was wrong. And they go, what's wrong? And I say, nothing for days. Yes. What's wrong? And then three or four days would come up and I'd finally unload on them about everything that was bothering me. And they, they felt blindsided or, or attacked. Right. Well, I wasn't. Right. <laughs> do you have, do you have a, um, do you recognize the shell that you go in? Oh, for sure. And it the, is. It, I, I've been called the ice queen many times. Right. Because I, right. Shut, it looks like I shut my feelings off, but really I'm just protecting them because. Absolutely. And you're, and okay. So I want to get into the mood thing here in a minute too. Let's, let's, let's explore this deeper part a little bit. Cause you all know we're almost out of time. It's crazy. Druanne, what, what do you do? What's the, what's the work for you when somebody hurts your feelings? How do you work through it? What's it look like from your reality over there? Well, I'm really similar to Katie and to Jamie in certain levels. Um, if someone really hurts my feelings, I'll go silent. And then I go in to look at, of course, my mind goes to what they did and they shouldn't have done it, blah, blah, blah. But I'll go into where's my accountability in this? What have I done to create this? And then... um I hate the tension too. So I was the peacemaker in my family between other family members and of course relationships with me. So then I'll usually reach out to the person because again, like Katie, I can't stand the tension. And so I'll reach out to the person in some type of mediation. Um, and it used to be to my detriment where I would let people back in that maybe I shouldn't have. Mm. Um, So, uh, I'm learning, you know, self accountability and their, um, ability to meet me halfway. Um, so it's a learning curve. Oh, it is a learning curve. Now, do you, have you worked with that your, your whole life? I mean, in terms of you recognize, uh, let me ask this. Do you notice, would you call it oversensitive? I, I don't like that phrase, but I mean, so in other words, would you have looked at your life and go, I am very sensitive. So I have to compensate by learning this or by making sure I understand it. So were you sensitive? Did, were your feelings hurt a lot? I guess I'm asking. 
Well, well, yeah, definitely. And I was labeled as the problem, the oversensitive one in the family. But then, mm-hmm. you know, in in my 20s, I figured out, oh, it's because I'm picking up this psychic stuff that's unsaid. And then I would say it and then I'd get punished for, you know, telling the truth because then they drop into uh, uh, defense, aggression and uh, repression. And then it would be this projection like you're the problem. You just said something I didn't want you to say. I mean, that shit would happen. Wow. All the time. Oops, sorry. I'm yes. to say that. <laughs> yes, you can. It's all right. We're not on FCC terms. It's good. So that whole thing was really disorienting growing up. What's mine? What's theirs? And uh Yeah. That's interesting. It is so interesting. I can tell you, I was shocked at how deep I can go into my shell and I will, and I will not come out until I'm absolutely good and ready. And sometimes it's, I'm in there sorting it through because I know, like, I know I've learned a lot. John would say things like, you know, people have an unconscious. You got to give them some slack. And I go, but their unconscious still can run me over. And I still, so I don't like it. And so I'll pull into the shell and I will absolutely look at them with an empty eye. Somebody that I really care about. Now that it's, it's, it's easier these days to do that and to come out of it. But I remember the shell is pretty intense and I can, I can live in there for a while and I don't mind it at all. <laughs> I used to be like, you need to come out. I don't care. I'm out. And then the mood thing, I remember waking up in a bad mood compared to the day before and actually tracing it, working really hard to see what is this. Because I pictured a pool, a still pool of water and how you barely can touch it and it ripples. And I thought, well, the barely touch part was a thought I had that was a critical thought about myself and it put me in a bad mood or somebody said something that I heard. Now, I want to ask you guys about money. I have this thing I noticed in me and I it's true. If you ask me for money, I'm way more resentful of it than if I see that you need it and I offer it to you. Anybody relate to that? Or can you at least, if not, tell me your relationship to money because that was the revelation for me. And I'll open the door for anybody who wants to just jump into that. You know what? If I have money, I feel like I can control something, and that's part of that cancer and Capricorn in me. If I So for me, yeah, don't mess with my money either. That's Uh. one I Mm-mm. will go batshit crazy on you if you start messing around with me and my money. But yeah. because mm-hmm. it's my sense of security. That's and I right. feel like I can be very generous and I can do so many things for the people I care about. If I don't have that, it, and it's the first thing that will trigger me into a bad mood if I'm fearful about my money. That, okay, oh, yeah. I gotta underline that. Anybody else relating to that? Cause I'm like, hallelujah. If I feel oh, broke, yeah. if I get a statement from the bank that you're close, or that maybe you had a bill that, that came out that overdrafted you because I didn't expect it, I will be a monster for a little bit. Go ahead, Katie, is that you? Amen. Oh yeah. Amen. Oh yeah. I, I very Money's much. Money's weird, away. right? Yeah, nothing will piss me off like that. Or just put that pit in, you know, my stomach that I'll feel that all day. But, but I'm the same way. I think in that, um, I'm, I'm really generous with money. I spend money on my kids, my kids as friends. I mean, you know, I have no problem spending money on other people, but it there, I think there's always a tiny string attached for me that I'll always kind of go back to. I did that for you. And now you're acting like this. we should talk about that one yeah Uh i know (laughs) do we keep lists (laughs) that's called keeping a list okay 
I keep a list. It's terrible. I try to notice that I'm keeping a list. And again, John taught me this. Whenever you give something, he said, you have to, in that moment, say, I will never see this again. And that, that, yeah. that you have to have amnesia for it. And I'm learning to do that because that boy can give stuff away and be anonymous. Never, ever people know. I am just not like that. So uh go ahead. I'm sorry. Let's do the money thing in terms of um uh, 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 pulling the list out. You do good for somebody. You help them. Do you remember it? We have good memories, right? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have elephant memories too for that stuff. It's really funny. Duran, oh, how's yeah. your money for you when you feel broke? Do you feel? Does it mess you up, or do you, does it? Do you have a different relationship to it? Well, it's definitely a security, definitely, and I always make sure that I have some savings back behind me, whether that's, you know, like in my 20s, when well, late teens when I graduated college, I didn't have a dime, and I remember, like, saving, like, a dollar out of my paycheck so that I could have some type of savings, um, but then uh, – yeah, psychologically, I know that it means security, so definitely. And security for me, you know, the the cancer in the house. I mean, my house is my security. It's oh, it, right. Talk totally about houses, my security. Right? Totally okay. my security. Jamie, you've got a house thing too? I do have a house thing. I, As a matter of fact, the house I live in now looks like a cave. It's, it's so warm and not in a bad way. It's just, it's so warm and protective. It's got a lot of, um, it has a revolving door on it because I love people and I'd rather, again, this is that sense of security. If I know you're with me, I can control it, the environment. That's right. That's right. Everybody go, where do you want to meet? Come up to my house and That's always right. at the kitchen table. That's right. There's always going to be food and there's always going to be, you know, something there to entertain and, and hopefully make you feel at home and nothing like a comfortable bed. I can't stand, and bad toilet paper. I hate that. That's so right. talk about comfort at home. <laughs> <laughs> we almost sound like Tauruses now. We got to be able to distinguish these different. But, but that is right. That is some truth. Uh, the things that make us feel warm and cozy. Uh, the 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 hostility thing, the anger thing. I think and and desire. Now the phrase is when a cancer wants something, they go directly for it. Wanna wanna know? And I know that like we know what we want. Do you also find yourself? Really, and I do this horribly for people that you're in relationship with or whoever gives you this permission. Do you pretty much, I feel like a little know it all. I feel like I know exactly what they need to do. And I find myself talking like this. Okay. What you need to do. And, and I, I have a friend that right now is going through something and I always go, I get on the phone. And I go, okay. If it were me, <laughs> like they didn't ask me, but they do it. They take it. And I know, <laughs> I know I am right. I don't care. I know I'm right. I know how to work this shit. Okay, so Katie, you got to know it all in there, or what? Especially the well, cancer. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just thought that was the hazard of the job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. And we go the rounds on this on parenting all the time because I'm like, well, obviously, you know. And Scott's like, hey, that's just not how I'm going to do it, you know. But yeah, to me, it's just very clear exactly how it should be. Oh yeah, I, 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 I know I have a streak of that. <laughs> Jamie, you got to know it all on you. When it comes to uh, yeah, and and believe me, I have no problem telling people I know it all. <laughs> yeah, right? it's, uh, 
I Good. had to really watch myself because I got really triggered by um, someone in my life going, you need to do this. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't tell me what I need. You're assuming you know what I need. I know what I need. And I realized I was doing it. <laughs> uh huh. I, I mean, if there was a Bob we had going, amen. No, it's true. <laughs> you catch yourself talking. I catch myself directing people. I don't even know. The postman telling me a story. I go, here's what you need to do. <laughs> and it's like that. I wonder if they leave going, I love him or I hate him. I have no idea. Whatever. Um, the go ahead. The problem is, I do that too. The problem is, I'm almost always right. And I'm, <laughs> See, yes, that is I'm the always, truth. I'm always there before them. And then I'm okay. like, why aren't they here with me? I know, I know what you know. I know I do. I know what you want. I know what you need. I totally know it. And then it takes them. Especially in relationship, it might take a month to catch up, and then they're like, "You're right." <laughs> yes. Too little, of too late. You were. <laughs> Whatever I was going like, to get where you. Where have you been? Yeah, I'm cutting it in half. <laughs> I, where have you been? It's right. It takes a while for them to come around. I love that. It's so funny. It's um, hard. I have to learn to shut my mouth and wait. I know. Especially when it comes to raising things. Like I know my cats. So when John has an assumption, like he goes, they're bored or he's just bored. I'm like, you know what? If you do that and say they're just bored, you're going to dismiss an actual symptom you're going to see and not, and think it's just boredom. So like, of course I know everything. <laughs> then I find out later it just boredom, but whatever. <laughs> I'm never going to admit I was wrong. Yeah, but okay, Mark, so, what you're talking about, though, is, is really being able to feel things. And as cancers, that's what we do. We can feel everything. Oh, oh. And I think I'm absolutely right in every feeling, except in those times when I'm sure that person tried to hurt my feelings. And every once in a while I noticed maybe they weren't, but I'm not so sure either, Jamie. I think I'm like Duran says, always right. It's a horrible arrogance. Right. I do believe it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and psychic, psychically, I'm almost yeah. always right. So it's, it's really hard. <laughs> we suffer on being right. This is awful. I mean, people it need to understand. It is awful. And if anybody has a question about it, we'll tell them. Yes, totally. <laughs> it's terrible. It is. And that's the other thing. We're laughing. Cancers and humor. You know, they are the lunar humor ones. They're the ones who know how to tickle your funny bone. So you can tell people listening when a cancer's in a good mood, they are making you laugh. And when they are in a shit mood, that that laughter is gone. I mean, it's just like, in fact, it's like a vacuum. Like there, I have images of my mom when she would be mad. Her head out the window, staring into the emptiness while she's being driven around because she's pouting, but she's really torturing us. And so she's not going to come around until whatever this gets fixed. Oh, I used to hate that. I can't believe we're out of time. I need to take enough time for you guys to say what's up and where you're going. So, Katie, anything you want to announce to the group? Let's. What's yes. going on with you? Go ahead. So I, my past life channeling class is on Sunday morning. Ooh. I've got... I think just three seats left. It's filling up real quick. But uh, that is, I'll channel two past lives for every person in the group and do any applicable healing or drawing forward of energy that we want to hang on to. And, yeah, that's at 9 a.m. Pacific over at 1-2 Academy on so Sunday morning. Will, if you're in that room, you will absolutely get a reading on your past life. Yeah, two. Oh, my God. You guys, don't pass this up. The feedback I'm getting on it has been amazing. I'm making myself not take it just to leave seats for you all. So go over to 1-2 Academy. Check it out. It's going to blow your mind. 
Jamie, what's up with your life? What's going on? Totally agree. Katie's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my life, I am doing, of course, radio and at one, two, listen, offering readings. And I have my book is finally done. Oh. And I have, I have a coloring book to complement it. That was sort of a little surprise. Um, but both of those are going to be released next week on my birthday. You're kidding. Where do we get them? Amazon. I'll have the oh. links. I'll post them up everywhere. Yeah. Okay. We'll be talking space. about it all next week. That's awesome. Congratulations, Jamie. Thank That's wonderful. Joanne, you're, you're doing, once you listen, anything special going on you want to announce? Well, uh, so, um, to be released soon because I am moving out of this encrusted shell and coming out of, uh, you know, my little cancer cave house. Yeah. So yeah, I want to start teaching. And I'm doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one in terms of releasing people's consciousness, the inhibitions in their consciousness. So, yeah, look forward for more uh, classes because I, I feel like the urge is coming to start I stepping out that. to that. This is wonderful news, and I get excited. Each of you have these gifts that you're sharing, and I thank you so much for doing that. And also – um, tomorrow is Katie's birthday. So Katie, happy birthday on behalf of all of us. Let me make sure there's no, um, and then Jamie, yours is coming right around the corner too. I guess we all could say that we're having a birthday right around the corner. Yeah. Thank you little cancer <laughs> friends for being a part of this with me. It was really fun. I wish we could spend the day doing it. Those of you listening, Friday is an incredible lineup. We have a very big special happening at 11 a.m. For the final Losing My Religion uh, series, or not the final one, but part of it with Kat and Christina LaFrance and uh, Kelly. Also, um, uh, Christine Dumarier is on after us. We have a lot of K's here. I was going to make a KKK joke, and I thought there's nothing funny about that, so I won't. But it is, uh, there's a lot of K's here. Um, please stay tuned to Once Radio. You have to know that without you, we don't exist. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your love with us. I'll go back in the chat room and give you some hugs uh, I, uh, right after the show is over. Uh, next, today is a sale all day at 12listen.com. Your money is safe with us. I don't want you to be afraid there. We're cancers. We know what it feels like and we will protect that stuff. Don't worry. And also um, next week we're having, uh, keep an eye on the sales next week because we're coming to the end of July. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, my panel, for joining me, my little cancer friends. I hope we can do it again. We'll have fun. I think it's just fun to chat. Um, and everybody listening, this is Mark Hassan. This has been The Morning Show and One Too Many Voices. I hope I'll be with you Tuesday morning on my show, 9 a.m. Pacific on 12radio.com. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. You are listening to 12radio.com. All of the fun is happening over in the chat room. To get there, just head over to 12radio.com, click on the chat button, and you'll be redirected into our secret Facebook group. Just ask to join, and our producers are always standing by to let you in the room. Our door is always open for new friends. We would love to see you there.